0: Good morning Sun Valley Church, welcome back to The Voice of the Valley. This is a rare day, seeing that we have Rick Whitmer and Pastor John in the studio, and John is avoiding eye contact at all costs.
1: I've never seen a table of weights and measures at the back of the Bible, it looks so interesting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you don't have the authorized version, obviously. <laughs> Oh, we're going there. <laughs> Let's do this.
0: Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. Well, John, welcome back from Colorado. It's good, Ooh, just to pass, you. yes. Yeah. Have a good time down there.
2: I did. Good. Mm-hmm.
0: Good. It's good to have you back. Thank R- you. Rick, it's good to have you back in this room, I guess. Again. Again. It's yeah. good to be back again. Yeah. Huh. We'll it's good the, to see you we'll again. Let the, we'll let the people decide that one. <laughs> so, There'll be a poll. There will be. Online. Probably not. Not today. Well, we're going to be talking about the firstborn of all creation today and what that means. Now, that comes from... Colossians 115, which we read in the prelude passage for this Sunday. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Uh, And that's obviously speaking of Christ. Uh, And now every once in a while, you guys and myself and people around uh, this valley will get a knock on their door from a friendly Jehovah's Witness uh, who would like to talk to them about their God. And they will m- most often uh, go to a passage like Colossians one fifteen to explain what they mean when we're talking about Christ, especially if they know that you're a Protestant uh, and what you believe. And so, again, Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation now we need to understand or ask the question rather of what does paul mean when he's talking about jesus christ being the firstborn of all creation and why did jehovah's witnesses uh, go to this passage to explain what they
2: believe and why they to try to, to try to uh suggest that he's not god okay that's what they're trying to do okay. um but you know, the the context of course is important in Colossians because Paul is trying to suggest that he is God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh they're trying to u- they're trying to use the passage um uh to defend their doctrinal theological position that Jesus isn't the God we claim he is as Protestants. Um, but Paul was doing just the exact opposite. He was trying to prove that he was God. There was a there was a problem that Paul was addressing in Colossae that uh, uh, was undermining the identity of Christ, the true identity of Christ, and he was setting them straight. Hmm. Um, So that's a contextual point that I think is important as we move forward in the conversation. Okay. So Paul's trying
0: to make the point that Jesus Christ is Lord God over all creation. Uh, and Jehovah's Witnesses are saying that He's not right. And well, they, I mean, it, just
2: look at the look at <clears throat> verse sixteen and on. It says, "For by Him all things were created." So, speaking of Christ, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things were created by Him, through Him, for Him. So, this one created everything. <coughs> so, right, right. Obviously, he couldn't create himself.
0: Yes, so so this 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 text that says the firstborn of all creation, the Jehovah's Witnesses would say that he's he's actually because he's the firstborn of all creation, he is that the God f- the Father created him. Yeah, he is the first mm-hmm. created being, right? Yeah. Well, well it's- and Mormons, I think, would would
1: even I mean, they would say that he was one of God's first children, mm-hmm. born in in the heavenly realm, mm-hmm. and then through him um, comes the you know. A lot of other creation, yeah. I think, is how they would approach that. Mm-hmm. So this this goes wider than just Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah. We're talking about how to interpret that. But
2: well, and this 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 the addressing of this um, to Paul's readers uh, was way before Mormonism or Jehovah's Witness. So they had this has yeah. been an ongoing problem. Right. The identity of Christ, right. which is piled, why Paul mentions it. Right. Yeah. And, and, well, and getting it right is important.
1: Yeah. Which is why I mean. <laughs> That what the early church faced was, you know, with the Arian heresy. Um, all all approaches to this that don't involve being faithful to what Paul's actually saying have the agenda of showing that Jesus is not the eternal Son of God who is equal with the Father and mm-hmm. one with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what it does is it, it undermines the doctrine of the Trinity. And, and that doctrine is at the root of everything that makes... Christianity distinctly Christian in biblical. I mean, going back all the way to Genesis, uh, to Genesis one, where God creates in our image. You know, as He's saying, "Let us create man in our image." There's a, there's um, there's a plurality within the Godhead, which is mysterious and yet very clear in Scripture Mm. that there is one God. But um, for those who can't get around, you know, can't reconcile. Um, the divinity of Jesus with this idea of one God, who is Father, um, together with the Holy Spirit, you have to take another approach. And this this text provides an avenue to do that yeah. through so, so, of the word firstborn.
2: So we could say that the Nicene Creed and the Athanasian Creed are helpful. Okay.
1: okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've not heard that suggested before, but I'll think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the word firstborn um, is the avenue of misunderstanding, because mm-hmm. uh, the word "prototkos" can mean and does mean in certain contexts the first in birth order, mm-hmm. right? As in, in, which it does mean in Luke and in Matthew, when Jesus, as he enters into the to the human race through the incarnation, uh, he is born first right. to Mary. He right. is her firstborn son. But the, but the other sense that it can mean is preeminence, it's superiority, um, a, a place of rank. And
2: like well, John it, was it, saying. But the word is the same. The same word, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's it's it does mean firstborn, even in Colossians. He has firstborn rank. Firstborn rank, Everybody right. who is firstborn yeah. has a certain rank in biblical terminology. Right. Yeah. And it does here more than anything, more than any time. Jesus is of first rank. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the point. Yes. It's the same word, though. It it is the same word. That's why they get confused by it, or that's why they use it to pretend they're confused.
1: Which is why this is, when it comes to discerning words in Scripture, this Mm -hmm. is what you have to do. You look at the range of meanings that a particular word in either (gasps) Greek or Hebrew can have. Same way that the word trunk in English can have many meanings. It can mean the back compartment of a car. It can mean the tall, you know, part of a tree that forms, you know, the the brunt of the tree. There, you know, it can mean a lot of things. But it can mean the things I wear to the the pool. But the question is, what does it mean in this context, in mm-hmm. this sentence? And that's what has to determine the meaning. Mm-hmm. And Paul, like John was saying, I mean, just read on to the next verse, to verse sixteen. It is super clear that Paul doesn't have reference to physical birth order it has reference to the concept of firstborn preeminence mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. so <coughs> John you you mentioned the Athanasian and Nicene creeds as uh,
2: being helpful as being helpful <laughs>
0: which was a helpful observation
2: <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever come up with that idea before but they're helpful <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here on Voice of the Valley first in church history firstborn thought
0: firstborn thought so John why I mean why are they important
2: well because they they are an exposition of this verse yeah both of them right I mean the Athanasian controversy was this was this was the point of the controversy is he or is he not God period right and Athanasius and the Nicene theologians came to the same conclusion: He is God, a very God. Yeah. In fact, it says those were those. That's a quote <laughs> from the Nicene Creed. Wow,
1: <laughs> it's one of my favorite quotes, actually.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, Begotten, not made. Before all worlds. So I have nothing to add. Yeah. Um, Which is why we quote them, by the way, from time to time, mm-hmm. read them in mm-hmm. Sun Valley, mm-hmm. especially during um, the uh, warm up to our lord 's supper mm.
1: and the and the Athanasian creed is particularly helpful as showing the boundaries um, of understanding the relationship of Christ's two natures within his one person. Because yeah. there's a lot of bad ideas about Jesus that have been dealt with through church history that are really clarified when you get down to the lines that his his natures, you know, he has a fully human nature, a fully divine nature, and these two natures exist in the one person, the Son of God, without confusion, without uh, separation, without you know, intermingling, you know, and it and it gets around what it means that he has two natures and yet he has one Christ. And, you know, when you start to cross those boundaries at any one of those points, you end up with a different Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what, uh, it's
2: what you have when, it's what you get when you have a hyperstatic union, hypostatic union. Yeah. That's what you get. Yeah. Right? Something glorious.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's good to know the boundaries yeah. from Scripture. Otherwise you do end up with uh avenues that that get Jesus wrong, which is I think why we're dealing with the doctrine of Jesus as it's presented in Jehovah Witness um church and in, in the Mormon church.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's easier to explain Jesus in a sense if if you believe this idea that Jesus isn't God, because now you're taking this God Jesus is fully divine and he's fully human and and in our in our human minds it's hard to wrap our heads around that. And so we either take away the divinity or we take away the human side of it, which is which is why these controversies came to a head with the Athanasius Creed, Athanasian Creed, uh and the Nicene Creed is because people wanted to explain away something that seems to be unapproachable.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? That's true. Yeah. But it's critical that you understand it, right? Because if you don't understand the nature of Christ, I mean, you're you're in trouble, right? In terms of your salvation. Yeah. I mean, how I mean, just think about why it's critical that Jesus is both God and man.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And if and there if there he's... has to be there has to be death, right. yeah. There has to be payment for sin. There has to be representation of the human race. There has to be divine representation in, in all these things. And Jesus accomplishes all those things because of his nature.
1: And so how, do, how does it affect, John, how does it affect Jesus's death for our sins
2: if he's not fully God, as the Father is God? If he's not God, how does it affect his death? for? His, well, then there would be sin involved. If he's not God, okay, he would be a sinner. He would
1: have to, by nature, be sinful. Yeah,
2: he's like the rest of us. He's, he's fully man.
1: He's, as it says in Mark, I think it's Mark 10, um, no one is good except God alone. Right. And if he's not God, then he's not good.
2: Not yeah. only does it say Jesus
1: said that. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's a biggie. Well, and that's one of the reasons that this that the the Arian heresy about Jesus not being eternal, having you know the heresy that he came into existence at some point, is so um, it's so dangerous, is because if you believe that there was a point in eternity or even in the distant past where Jesus did not exist. Uh, as the son of God, then all of a sudden he can't be God because God can't change, mm-hmm. right? And what what is it when you go from not existing to existing? That's a pretty big change, mm-hmm. right? And so Jesus has to be etern- eternal in order to be God. Uh, well,
2: I don't want to get too nitpicky, but do it. Jesus doesn't have to get be eternal. The son of God has to be eternal. Okay. Jesus was named yeah. in time. right right and so uh jesus th- the person existed but jesus the name the son of god existed the son right? of god existed but, f- from eternity
1: yeah this is good this is a good, that's a good avenue to get nitpicky on yeah. cuz you're hitting at what i meant yes and it's in your you good meant to that. be precise <laughs> Or it's you the, wouldn't have been hired ten years I, ago, <laughs> or twelve years ago. The son, the son of God, the Son of God is eternal. He is the eternal yes. Son of God, and what happens in the incarnation is the eternal Son of God, remaining what he has always mm-hmm. been, the mm-hmm. eternal Son of God, right. becomes or takes on to himself something he never had before. Right. But that's where the Athanasian Creed comes in as being that that doesn't affect his divine nature. No, it, it adds. The Humanity human was added to it. Yes. It's so about the Ferrari no illustration
2: that, that Dr. Miles uses as yes,
1: helpful yeah. in that regard. So that's good. Yeah, that's a good clarification.
2: But yeah, I, I knew you knew that. I just, think, no, I think, I think you if you don't make it. that distinction, though, there's confusion.
1: Right. Yeah, right. we can't just assume it. Mm-hmm. Right. right.
0: So another passage that will be used uh, by our friends uh, is John one one, John one one, and their their translation. Uh, which is the New World Translation? They have their own. They have their own particular translation of the Hebrew and Greek texts. It says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God." That's an that's an important indefinite uh-huh. article.
1: Can I read it in the King James? Sure. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There's no a. Yeah. Let me and read it in the ESV. The extra special In version. the beginning
2: was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So so one, yeah. one...
1: Oh, my word. <laughs> the ESV and the KJV are the same on this. Oh, my word of God. Oh my. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: that is the subject of our discussion. It is. <laughs> and the story of this segment is that we are
0: talking about it. Yeah. But one, one tiny little letter... One indefinite article can change the whole meaning of scripture, really. By one one indefinite article ch- can change the whole meaning of scripture. So why why do we take every yoda and dot <laughs> in scripture as as importance? Why why do we take this so seriously? Um, based off of what we just read from the New World Translation.
2: For this reason, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> because it does change the meaning, right? So let's let's take at face value what it would mean, what possibilities are open if the right translation is that the word was a god. That would open the possibility that the word, which clearly in the context of John one is Jesus, um, is not of the same nature as the God, as in the Father, as in mm-hmm. the One you know that that in the king james and the esv uh, and we're about John's about to argue in the greek the actual greek text equates Jesus with being mm-hmm. one with mm-hmm. right it, so it opens a possibility of all these views of Jesus where he is less than um, the father yeah.
0: John you have you have your greek open. I do
2: <laughs> I have the my greek text here in Can front you of me. can you read it only in the On Greek kata The Gospel of John. Uh, It it says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the God was the Word." So Greek sounds very much like English. Well, (laughs) okay. (laughs) N r k he n logos kai halogos, en prostonteon kai theos. Ain So, the there is no definite article in front of theos, which is their point, which is the point of the Jehovah's Witness. So, what what is it?
0: What would it be like a definite or indefinite article in in Greek? There is no indefinite article.
2: That's that's why it's not used. Right. So that's the definite article is ton theon, the god. Yeah uh uh n r k Hain ha lagos ha lagos the article ha the word ha lagos the word was Tom theon, the, the god, god. Yeah. but then they get down to the last phrase and it says kai Theos Hain ha lagos so in other there's words no there's article. no definite article which is why they say they have freedom to interpret it as a god hmm. but what they don't know or what they do know and they've chosen to ignore it is that god is often referred to referred to without the direct object mm-hmm. in fact more often is referred to it's mm-hmm. theos not not ton theos yeah. or hot theos it's theos it's speaking of god so again, it's a contextual, the context is important. What, what is the point, the entire point of the Gospel of John? Mm-hmm. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you have life in his name. Right. So the whole point of the book is to prove that he was or is divine. So John wouldn't start the book by saying he was a god. Right. the whole whole point of the book is he is god right so the that's that's a basic misunderstanding of elementary greek yeah. that interp- that translation adding the the indefinite article to yeah. a definite article yeah yeah or the lack there, of, there is of, no lack definite defi- or indefinite article right. there's no article right. it's an arthris. it's no article yeah. so but that's all New Testament writers use that address of God. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they've, I mean. It's pretty shaky to develop your entire religion. Yeah. On a missing article. Right. When it always happens. Right.
1: Yeah. And so my understanding is that even though in in Greek grammar it technically could, could be a possibility, all of the context Points to it's not
2: one hundred percent of the context. Yeah, not ninety nine. There's no chance it doesn't mean God. Right,
1: exactly. Right. So just because it's so, the grammatical argument is the wrong way to go. Mm. Right, because you can get into and they and people have apologists have gotten into it um, with Jehovah's Witnesses over the article from a grammatical standpoint until they're blue in the face. And but the, and because they keep saying it's not there. But the article's
2: not there. Right. The article's not there. The article's not there. But it's the like, but the thing that solves it is it there? It's not there. It's not there. Okay.
1: Oh wait, I'm, what is being said? Which,
2: <laughs> which is why we have to have a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. right. And we could find thirty so, other places in the Gospel of John where the article isn't present, and before the word theos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because everybody knows who we're talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. So, anyway. So there's no indefinite article in the original Greek, but we have, you know, A and those types of indefinite articles all throughout. Those are particles. Or particles mm-hmm. um, through, throughout the Gospels, the Epistles, and so on sure. and so forth. Yeah. Um, but what w- w- what you guys are saying is that this, this particular passage and really the whole Gospel of John is proving that Jesus is not a god, but he is
2: is God. He is that's, the God. That's, Col- that's Colossians' argument. That's John's argument. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Yep. And, and if there are any any books in the New Testament that the purpose of the writer was to uh, reveal the true identity of Christ, it's John and Colossians. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I mean, that's right. that's their main point is that he is divine. Right. Right. I and my father are one. We're set found. Uh let me think. Oh yeah, John.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and in case anybody was in doubt in thinking that, you know, 2,000 years later, we're just not understanding what was actually being said. John goes out of his way to show that the Jews who were there when Jesus said that, they understood what he meant, Mm -hmm. that he was claiming to be God, and they picked up stones to kill him, Mm -hmm. right? So everything about this, the historical record, the grammar, (laughs) the context, all of it points to this one thing, which is, no, Jesus
2: is God. That's Mm -hmm. what's going on. John 8, Jesus says, why are you picking up stones to to throw at me um, because I've done good works. He goes, no. And they said, no, not because you your good works, but because you're claiming to be God. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they they got it. They did. Yeah, yeah. It was clear to them.
0: Before Abraham was, I am. Ego me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they understood what he was saying there.
2: <laughs> What's that?
0: I said, I think they understood what he was saying Yeah, Yeah, there. they did.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, most people, when when a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon comes knocking at their door, they they may be trepidatious. They may you know, shut the blinds and lock the door um, because they feel like they're not qualified enough to have these conversations. Um, they they don't know enough scripture. They may freeze in in the moment when these questions are being asked. Um, how do we how do we ground ourselves uh, in the doctrines that we say we believe? when we when we come into these conversations first and then how do we boldly uh, have open conversations uh, about these various thing very things that we believe you know so if if someone is is you know nervous about having a conversation with a jehovah's witness or a mormon h- how do we ground ourselves in these doctrines that we believe and then boldly uh, have open and honest conversations about these very things
2: study to show yourself approved a workman not to be ashamed. It's somewhere it says. <laughs> I'm having
1: memories of a WANA. That's what a <laughs> WANA means. Approved workmen are not ashamed. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, there's really, um, we're kind of spoiled in the amount of resources we have within just a click's reach to be able to. Get you know, I'm thinking about Apologia Studios down in Arizona, um, uh, Living Waters. I mean, there, uh, Alpha and Omega Ministries. There's just there are so many um, good resources for for believers today about how to engage in the issues without having to be a scholar. Um, and but you could become
2: those. a scholar with little work in this department. That's true. Yeah. I mean, there's there's how many books written on this particular issue within Jehovah's Witness or Mormonism. Mm -hmm. I've got 10 books on my shelf Mm -hmm. about it. They're all accessible. They're not deep theology. It's very top-shelf stuff. So,
1: And, I mean, even thinking back to 2020, the summer of 2020, when when we weren't meeting for a few months, during that period, we were doing Sunday seminars um, through Facebook Live. And those Facebook videos are still... Archived on our church Facebook page, and there was in it. We happened to be going through worldviews at that point, and in one hour, going through the main issues that that are present with Jehovah's Witnesses, the main issues that really you know separate biblical Christianity from Mormon doctrine, and the subtleties that that those churches are trying to to cloak in order to get people in under the, you know, the umbrella of Christianity, they would say. And so the, even those, I mean, those videos would be a great way to spend an hour mm-hmm. getting up to speed because that's why we did that.
2: Mm-hmm. And one way to, you asked, I think I think you asked, how do how we prepare ourselves for those kind of encounters? Uh, have something near the front door yeah. that you can quickly access and read it back to them, you know? Let you know, allow them to give you their spiel, and then you can give you theirs.
0: Yeah, And yeah.
2: that's what that's what yeah. a glockenspiel is. A glockenspiel. Yeah, it's it's what bank robbers use: a glock and a spiel. I <laughs> never, <laughs> <laughs> I never knew. Yeah. 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 <laughs> glockenspiel.
1: Yeah, and pray. You pray, you pray for those, you know, for those opportunities. We, we pray for opportunities all the time, right, to share Christ. And, the, you know, someone coming to your door to talk to you about Christ, even if it's a wrong view of Christ, may it just be God's answer.
2: You know what? I, I'm a pastor. <laughs> I've been to seminary. Yeah. I've got my degrees. And I don't want those encounters. <laughs> I don't want to answer the door. Yeah. But they've come to my door. Yeah. I mean, it's like God sending them to me. I remember uh once, I don't know, three or four months ago, I was sitting there enjoying or relaxing. It's always when you're enjoying a good book or a you know, a nice conversation with your family or your spouse or something like that. They won't you know, you get the, and you know exactly who it is, you know. <laughs> um but uh Michelle was with us. And Michelle is like White on rice when it comes to that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she just yeah. loves it, and I don't know, maybe it's just because she loves to argue, but man, she is all over that stuff, like you can't believe. And she jumped, she was, she, I mean, I thought she was gonna pull a hamstring getting out of the chair so fast, <laughs> you know, you know, because Sherry answered the door, and she, and Sherry and I are like, oh, and Michelle heard, and so she just basically came flying out of her chair and yeah. like, oh what a great opportunity. Yeah. Right. <laughs> let's that's let's awful. get after this. Yeah. You know, and so that, well, that's and the that, attitude I wish I had. Yeah. I don't. <laughs>
1: yeah, here, yeah. I mean I've had to repent of being combative. Um I've
2: had to repent of pretending I'm not home. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I you know I look back at some of those encounters and I and I wish I would have pretended I wasn't home because I had to end up I was I was just a jerk. You, Ch- you know, chase them down the street Bible and goes,
2: I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
1: Well, no, sorry. I really did. I I you know within five minutes I was convicted. and I actually did. I I went around my you know neighborhood trying to find these two <laughs> girls that I just was a jerk to, and they were gone. I was like, oh my word, what have I done? Well. You know, but um, that's a good the point. The point there is that we're not trying to win an argument. We're trying to win the souls of real people Mm. who are deceived by plausible sounding arguments by
2: Satan, really. Right? It's a doctrine of the demon. Anything
1: that yeah, anything that puts a vision of Jesus forward that is not who Jesus is is not coming from Scripture. It's not coming from God. It's it is. It's coming from Satan. Mm And we want Angel of light. we want people to believe in Jesus so that, as the Gospel of John was written, they may have eternal life. That's what's going on here. It's not about being rude. It's not about being right. Right. It's about loving yeah. people who are and I think in need of salvation.
0: And I think that's, that's a dangerous road that we, we can go down is, is we just want to win arguments. Even even with people in our own theological fields, like we just we want to fight for the sake of fighting, uh, instead of you know seeing these opportunities with our Jehovah's Witness friends and with our Mormons as, as
2: actually an opportunity for the gospel to go forward. And, and these these young Russellson and reform folks that we love, um, it, it seems that they see it as a virtue. The argument yeah. is the virtue, and it's not. Don't be contentious, Paul said. Yeah. That doesn't mean we shouldn't defend the faith. We're supposed to defend the faith. Right. We are told that numerous times and clearly in Jude. But, but to be contentious for the sake of contention is not a virtue. It's a vice. And we need to avoid it. We need to be gentle and kind and patient with people. And that's difficult
1: yeah it's a t- it's a tricky road to walk where you're, you' you want to be so you want to be devoted to the truth right so yeah. you, you need to be willing to have unpleasant conversations, but looking for it is an entirely yeah. different thing and that doesn't mean not going places where it's almost guaranteed well right? and,
2: and it, what I'm focusing on Rick is 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 the the uh, the demeanor. Yeah. Of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I think it's I, it's imperative that we defend the faith. We're told yeah. to. It's a command. But the demeanor in which it happens, it says to uh, have an answer and give it in gentleness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peter and, says. and respect.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The best. For I I don't know if it was Chuck Colson who said it or I forget who, but it's just stuck with me that in approaching these things is you want to be ruthless with ideas and gentle with people. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that's good. My wife says, this, after working with horses for the many years as she did, she goes, I want to be as firm as necessary, but gentle as possible.
1: Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah, that's good.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I'll leave us with this. John, you, you, oh, go ahead.
2: I have one more thing. Yeah. Just a nugget yeah. that is my favorite nugget. Give us that nugget. When it comes to this this encounter this issue on the identity of Christ, mm-hmm. and it's, maybe it's what you were going to read from Revelation. Nope. Okay. Well, in Revelation, um, that's the last book in the Bible. Um, we have a great, a great apo- apology for the divinity of Christ. All right, and we know what an apology is, right? It's not I'm sorry for the divinity of Christ. <laughs> it's a defense of the divinity of Christ. Apology. Um so they come up and they say, No, a God. It was in the beginning was the word word with God, the word's a God. And you know, okay, okay, let's go back and forth on, you know, the original language and, you know, definite or indefinite articles and all that uh conversation. Or you could just say, Fine, okay. I'll give you this indefinite article thing, okay? It, it's not true, but I'll give it to you just so you have something on your side. And then, and then we take them to Revelation, and it says in Revelation chapter 1, uh, verse 8, you, you, can I read this out of your New World Translation? Sure, so you take it and you read it because it says this in their translation. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And then you ask, who is that? He well, it's, that's Jehovah. That's who that is. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, now let's turn to the end of the book. Okay, so the first chapter identifies the focus of the book, the Almighty, the Jehovah, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. And you then... You read the last chapter, chapter 22, verse 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Who is that? That's the same person. It's Jehovah. This book's about Jehovah. Okay, good. Now let's turn back to the first chapter again, verses 17 and 18. And it says there, when I saw him, when John saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand on me and said, Fear not, for I am the first and the last. Who's that again? That's Jehovah. Okay. Uh, verse 18, and the living one. That's that's Jehovah, right? Yep. And then you say, well, let's finish verse 18. I am the living one. I died, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys to death and Hades. Pray tell when Jehovah died. <laughs> it, it's You can't escape it. <laughs> Jehovah is the focus of Revelation, and he died. <laughs> I died. And it's in their book. Mm-hmm. It's in their translation of the book. Mm-hmm. Last I checked, could have changed. <laughs> Pray tell. Pray tell. <laughs> <laughs> You missed my point, Mr. Whitmer. Oh, no, I, no. That was better than a chicken nugget, that's for sure. Pray tell. Pray tell.
0: So, John, let's, uh, did you and Sherry finish the conversation with your friends, or was it Michelle that, that concluded it? Oh, we couldn't get a word in
2: edgewise. Oh. It was, it you knew Michelle. the answer to that before you asked Michelle. it. It was Michelle. <laughs> Well, Think, I, went to my, I went back to my nice reading. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Michelle's visiting. Uh,
1: Sherry, do you want to go out for dinner? <laughs> we, we can be We can be back before the conversation's
2: finished. Call us when you're done, Michelle. We'll come get you. <laughs> call us after you, you've got them on the third level of sanctification. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you come home. They're just on the porch tapping out. I give up. I give up. Please stop. Please. Whatever.
2: Okay, I believe.
0: Uh... Well, church we hope that this has been an encouragement to you, a great reminder of who Christ our Savior is and uh, helpful in, in any interca- interactions that you have uh, with our Jehovah's Witnesses and or Mormon friends. We love you. We look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a great day.